Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here it is, the 28th of July edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is free agency day in the National Hockey League. And usually you get to this day and you go, oh, what are we going to get? Who are you going to grab? Who are you going to sign? But the Flyers have accomplished so much already. I don't know what is left to do. Although I do know what's left to do. There's a goalie they still need to get. The latest news, and it'll become official, I'm assuming, this afternoon uh, at some point today, is that Keith Yandel has now been signed by the Philadelphia Flyers to a one-year $900,000 contract to be that depth defenseman. Now, the Flyers come into this season having made significant changes on the blue line. We know about the acquisition of Ryan Ellis for Nolan Patrick and Phil Myers to the Nashville Predators, subsequently Nashville flips Nolan Patrick to Vegas. We know about the acquisition of Rasmus Nishtalainen, which also involved Robert Haig, uh, the 13th overall pick, and a second-round pick. We know about uh, the additions up front with Cam Atkinson, but now you have another addition, another veteran player. Keith Yandel was bought out after five years in Florida. He now signs with the Philadelphia Flyers. Reports also suggesting that Kevin Hayes had... Uh, did some, did some legwork here as well. Him and Keith Yandel, very good friends, played collegiate hockey with each other, as did Cam Atkinson, by the way, at Boston College. So uh, they're getting the band back together, if you will, the BC days. And Keith Yandel uh, will be another part of this blue line, which allows the Flyers a lot of flexibility to not have to start Cam York in the NHL. Now, a lot of people go, now you're just blocking Cam York from the NHL. He played great in those three games that he was up at the end of last year. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you don't want to start Cam York in the National Hockey League. Let him have some time in the American League. Uh, if he gets off to a good start, there's going to be injuries along the way. Remember, this is a full 82-game schedule, coupled with the fact that it's still a condensed schedule, even though it's 82, because that Olympic break's in there, which is why having depth defense you can never have enough of it. And Keith Yandel has played over 950 straight games. He's got an Ironman streak close to 1,000. And he's going to be a valuable part for this team. And maybe, you know, a couple of the BC guys back together, Cam Atkinson, who played with uh, Kevin Hayes and was in the same class as Jimmy Hayes, Kevin's brother, and Keith Yandel, that just that camaraderie, that fun coming to the rink is back. And that also helps Kevin Hayes get back to year one Kevin Hayes. You get, you get the sense that the pandemic affects certain players in certain ways. And we all know the personality and the fun that Kevin Hayes likes to bring to everything that he does. And the fact that he really couldn't do that last year because of everything that was going on with the protocols and everything. Maybe it affected him more. I don't know. But it would be great to get the first year Kevin Hayes back uh, as well. So once that becomes official, we're going to effort to get both Kevin Hayes and Keith Yandel on the podcast together because that would be some fun. Now, in this episode, we had a chance to catch up with the Flyers defenseman from Finland. Came from by way of the Buffalo Sabres, of course, Rasmus Ristolainen. He'll join us momentarily. Let me just tell you also what's going to be coming up over the next bunch of episodes. We're going to talk with Jody Shelley, the former Flyer and now current Columbus Blue Jackets television analyst on the Blue Jackets television network. So he had a chance, obviously, to cover Cam Atkinson for pretty much the entirety of his career and also played with Jake Voracek. So we're going to talk to Jody Shelley on a deep dive on everything Cam Atkinson, what he's bringing to the table, not only from a hockey standpoint, but also from a citizen standpoint. 
And some players you go, well, what's the big deal about the citizen part? Uh, Cam Atkinson, real good citizen, and he's going to bring a lot of fun here to Philadelphia and a lot of good causes as well. Also coming up uh, in some episodes on the way, we mentioned Keith Yandel, and we'll get Kevin Hayes on as well. Sam Moran, who just signed that contract extension uh, with the Flyers, the one-year deal. And also going to talk to the newest Flyers assistant coach, Daryl Williams. We'll get to that one coming up in the next couple episodes as well. There's been so much happening, I and mean, who knows what's going to happen today. Now, real quick before we get to Rasmus Ristolainen, the scuttlebutt about goaltender. And there's a lot of moving parts here. Uh, there were some some trade candidates that could have filled that role, whether you want to call it the backup goaltender, the tandem goaltender, or whatever with Carter Hart. Chuck Fletcher mentioned it. It's going to be a much tighter split in games this year uh, to, for what the reason I just alluded to, that there's an 82-game schedule, and it is a condensed 82 because you have the 22-day break in the month of February. They only play four games in the calendar month of February. Uh, because of the Olympic break. So that's part of the equation as well. And Flyers want to get a goaltender that if Carter Hart has a period of time where he's not he, he's not feeling uh, his game, he's not playing well, or he is injured, or vice versa with the other goaltender, that there's no drop-off in play, no significant drop-off in play to put yourself behind in the standings to them where you're chasing it. So that's the, I think that's the goal coming in this year. The number one goal was to lower the goals against average uh, for the Flyers and the goals allowed. That I think they've taken significant steps in doing that with the makeover on defense and then also uh, by uh, getting this backup goaltender or tandem goaltender and the goalie room, if you will, to use a football term, uh, to a stronger degree than it was last year. And there's some, there's some guys out there that are available. Jonathan Bernier was traded from Detroit uh, to Carolina. He's a pending UFA. Carolina has not, as, as of recording, been able to get any kind of deal done with Jonathan Bernier. Uh, from what I understand, the offer that they made to him uh, was not satisfactory. Uh, Carolina is a team that's notably frugal when it comes to paying goaltenders, which is why Alex Nedeljkovic is no longer there to begin with, and they made the trade with Bernier. So I imagine he'll be on the market. It feels like the Flyers have been tr- chasing uh, Jonathan Bernier for, for close to a decade. And he worked with Kim Dillabaugh, the Flyers goalie coach, uh, in L.A. as well. So that's, I think, probably priority number one. Uh, James Reimer is out there. And a lot, of, a lot of talk has been kind of floated around about Braden Holpe, and I brought him up a couple episodes ago as well. He has now been bought out in Vancouver. But Braden Holpe is not the Braden Holpe maybe that we remember. Ever since Barry Trotz left Washington, Braden Holpe suffered. And in, from what I understand and talking to some people, uh, that are really close to the situation uh, in Vancouver. Uh, he has suffered a, a severe crisis of confidence out there playing behind Thatcher Demko. Now, how can that happen just because Barry Trotz left? Well, let me just give you this example, and this is the best way to exempl- exemplify what I'm trying to say. The year before Barry Trotz got to the New York Islanders, the Islanders with Thomas Grice and Yara Holak gave up the most amount of goals in the NHL. Highest goals goals allowed in the entire league. The next year, under Barry Trotz with his goalie guru and goalie coach Mitch Korn there, they went from giving up the most goals to giving up the least amount of goals. And oddly enough, basically the same two goaltenders. That the year before didn't look like they could stop a beach ball from the blue line. Now all of a sudden they win at Jennings for giving up the least amount of goals per game the following season. It was 102 goals they shaved year to year. 
That's the Barry Trotz defensive structure, the commitment to the defensive zone, and that changes everything. And when that left for Braden Holpe, obviously the environment's much more difficult, and then because the environment's not as structured, a goaltender tries to do too much, and then he starts developing bad habits, and that's where he's been since Barry Trotz left. Not a great option. He could be a cheap option because he was bought out, and if you get all the way down to option three, four, or five, then maybe that's something worth considering. Uh, but other than that, uh, I think he's pretty far down on the pecking order. But let's get to the newest Flyers defenseman. Not the newest, actually. Keith Yandel uh, will likely be a Flyer today officially. But officially, as of taping, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen was a big acquisition for Chuck Fletcher. Going to add a lot of physicality to this team uh, as a guy that's put up points, forty over 40 points, four years in a row, the last four full seasons. He's a guy with a big shot, a tremendous fitness freak, and he joins us right now on Flyers Daily. Rasmus, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good. And how's things uh, back home? How's your summer been so far? Uh, things are pretty good here. The weather is beautiful. I, I came to Finland from uh, from Buffalo end of uh, June, so I haven't been here too long, but just been golfing, working out, and uh, seeing my friends. What's the what's like the temperature like in Finland this time of year? You said it's beautiful, but it's been like uh, it's been like eighties almost all summer, so oh, almost cool. too hot for me. <laughs> you, you you appreciate the winter, huh? Yeah, I mean, I'm more like seventies, like low seventies, little cloudy. That's that's my weather. Yeah, I hear you. I it, I love the fall too because it's it means one thing: hockey's coming. Uh, l- yeah. Let's talk about uh, you as a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. Were you taken back at all by the trade? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited, and I mean, I you know, I, I didn't expect it to. I mean, I was kind of hoping to get traded, but you know, when you get the call, I mean, you are not really expecting it. I was doing some other things at home and getting the call and uh it's pretty it's pretty i mean mixed motions leaving in another place where you've been for eight years but i mean i'm extremely happy to join the flyers and i uh, can't wait to get uh, things started obviously it's been tough in buffalo they drafted you eighth overall uh, you spent your entire career there as you alluded to eight seasons and there's certainly you know a loyalty that comes with that a team that you know brought you into the league uh, but it's been a tough eight years there in buffalo is it refreshing in a way to, to get to a new situation and kind of, you know, kind of while appreciating that, put it in the rearview mirror? Yeah, I mean, this what this is what I what I needed, and I was I was hoping this to happen to get a new fresh start somewhere, and you know, hopefully, and aiming to play some uh, winning hockey, making the playoffs, and uh, have a good run there. That's that's all I all what I want to win how things have played out in Buffalo, how much does that wear on you as a player? Because you, you don't get to the level of the National Hockey League. You don't get to be a first-round pick, Rasmus, uh, by being a guy that doesn't appreciate winning. And it's tough when you're not winning. How much does that wear on you as a player? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first few years, when you come in as a, as a young young kid, you try to make the team, you try to get a bigger and bigger role so then you when you're young you think more of that but then when you get older and old, older last last few years they've been they've been rough because i i keep myself a playoff type of player and i love games that mean something there was a lot of games in buffalo where we 
we're already out of the playoff picture and then you have 40 games left the season and that's not the ideal spot where you want to be but i mean being there for eight years at least it made me appreciate winning you know it doesn't just come by you need to earn every single game to win it so 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 having having so many coaches in buffalo that's another thing that there's always a, a an acclimation period with a new coach and what they want you to do and in, in, in your role um, and having new coaches every other year or every year is very difficult how much does that play into kind of wanting that fresh start and a little stability as well yeah i mean it doesn't help when you try to build something and there is a new coach almost every year and, and a lot of different gms i mean it every time the, it starts all over again so it's obviously not ideal so but yeah i mean i'm i'm happy to be a flyer and and can't wait to meet all the all the new guys and the coaches and the the whole staff. I mean, that's it's kind of interesting because I haven't played in many teams. I played eight years for Buffalo, and before I came overseas, I played in the same team for for here in Finland. So it's uh, it's uh, very exciting. Well, when you hear that, you know your name was out there at the trade deadline. Uh, your name has been thrown around a lot as a as a player to be moved. And then you finally get moved, and you find out it's the Flyers. And playing in Buffalo, and certainly this last season, being in the same division, you got to see the Flyers quite a bit. You've been in that building at the Wells Fargo Center when there's fans and it's full. What was your first impression of, okay, I got moved, and I got moved to Philadelphia? Actually, one of the first things that came to my mind was that it's Philly, it's one of the best uh, places for the warm-ups, the music, the tunes, and the, the atmosphere <laughs> there. That was the first thing that usually when I play there, even in the, with Buffalo Road Team, it gets me gets me going, gets me excited. But then you all, also you think about the history, all the players who were in that uh, that uh, orange orange or black jersey. I mean, all the history and everything. I just uh, so excited. You, you know the identity of the franchise. It's a, it's a franchise that from the Broad Street Bullies in, in a city that's very passionate and blue-collar, and they appreciate physicality. Uh, I said in some uh, tweets that you bring a whole lot of nasty. The fans are going to like the nasty because they haven't seen the nasty in a little bit of time, have they? Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing that from uh, from a lot of people, and I, I think I fit in very well. And big part of my game is, uh, is physicality, and I, I love that aspect of the game. I love to get hit. That gets me going, and obviously, I like to hit people and uh, throw people around. So, so can't wait. You, you know that physicality, a big hit, is it could be a turning point in a game. And you've been on the bench when either you know going back to the bench after you delivered a big hit, or you've gone back or been on the bench when somebody else delivered a big hit. And what kind of what kind of energy does that bring to the whole group when you got a guy out there that's really banging? I mean, I, I love that. I mean, it should bring <laughs> energy to the to the whole group. And sometimes, you know, when if the team is not going, you need to you need to wake the team up and uh, throw some uh, body around. And obviously, the the building gets very electric when there is uh, a lot of physicality and big hits in the game. But yeah, I mean, just overall, just uh, I personally try to be be hard to play against, and that's probably one of my strengths. You use the term in your introductory press conference with the Philadelphia media that I'm a pain in the ass, shift in and shift out. And you just mentioned that you want to play in meaningful games and in playoff series. I imagine in a seven-game series, you would be pretty irritating to play against for an opponent. 
Yeah, I, I would say <laughs> that. Yeah, that that was nice, nice way to describe myself. And if I would say, if kids are not listening this, I would say, I I want to be piece out there, the other team to hate me. And I mean, in playoffs or in meaningful games, I mean, I would run through the wall for my team. So I would do anything it takes to win. I don't care how much I play, what my role is, just want to help the team and win. That's such a great mentality to have. Let, let me ask you about, you know, one of the things in the NHL is, you know, playing for the guy next to you, uh, but also preparing in a way on and off the ice, being a true pro. From what I've heard about you, um, there, there's a, a similarity with you and Ivan Provorov that you guys are athletic and physical machines. You work out quite a bit and prepare off the ice just as much as you do on, don't you? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, I, I try to do everything possible to be at my best on the ice. And I, I love uh, I love training. I love off-ice training. I like to take care of my body. I like uh, eating the right way, hydrate, sleep, and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, obviously, you got to... You gotta have, have have fun and enjoy the life too, and that you know when you do that once in a while, it's, it's fine. But yeah, I, I I like to take care of my my body and look what I put to the system. Well, um, are you back on the ice now? Are you already? When did you get back on? If you did, uh, actually, I'm gonna start skating next week, so I haven't skated yet. And what's your program look like? Like, what do you do initially? I'm sure there's some, you know, conditioning because all the conditioning you do off the ice is different than the type of conditioning you need on the ice. Uh, but, but how do you kind of go through your program to get ready for a season? Uh, I do, I do strength training. I do speed. I do a lot of like jumping. Explosive, explosion. Yeah, a lot, lot of explosive. That's you know, that's where the game is going now. I wish I yep. could just uh, bang big weights, and that's my passion but i mean you gotta you gotta be fast and you gotta be able to pay play big minutes if needed and you know we play almost every other night so and then i i, I like playing tennis i play paddle i play any kind of sport pretty much i'm i'm in and then you know starting start to skate next week and probably go for two three times a week and just to get the conditioning level up and a lot of reps a lot of puck skill shooting and uh, skating get the hands dialed in and everything so that when you get here to camp, you're as close as you can be without having to go through the grind. That is a training camp, right? Yeah, exactly. I try to be the best possible shape and make the training camp feel easy. And I mean, practicing, it's never going to be same, similar, going to never feel similar than the game situation, but try to prepare as, uh, as good as possible. Have you heard from any of the, uh, your new teammates uh, since the, you know, the Flyers acquired you? I have actually. I've been. I've been texting with uh, Kevin Hayes and uh, and Giroux and uh, Couture. What's it like? What What was it like playing against those guys? Because you mentioned, you know, Hayes is a big body. Couturier is just kind of a, a freak out there, and the way he covers the two hundred by eighty five. And Giroux skills are just off the charts. What do you remember about playing against the, those guys and the Flyers? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I like to be physical, but like especially, I remember against uh, Giroux. He kind of wants you to come to hit you, and then he pass, he finds the open guy and and passes through you, and that's probably what I, I hated the most. I was never able to able to hit him really. So so and I mean obviously they have a, they have a lot of skill, good uh, good net front players, 
one Rimsteig and uh, Couturier, big bodies there, and then you know just uh, like a couple, a couple uh, smaller guys with uh, with good speed. That's uh, always uh, hard to play against. You played against them this year, and the Flyers this year, they they didn't have a guy that brings what you bring, uh, a level of physicality, and I always term it as a level of accountability for the opposition on the ice. Uh, that that's a big element, and I've talked to a few players, and they say, you know, when there's fear on the ice to skilled players, uh, that changes a lot of things. And and have you talked to Elaine Vino or, or Chuck Fletcher since the trade and your role and what it will be here? Uh, yeah, I, I've talked with uh, Chuck uh, right away when the trade happened, and you know, just a quick uh, conversation, a lot of things on my plate, and. You know, we haven't really talked about the, about the role or anything. I just, you know, I try to earn whatever role I get. And, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of role it is. I, I just, uh, you know, want to help the team to win. When you tra- when you traveling over uh, to stateside uh, to, you know, find living arrangements and start to get settled here? I actually already found a place in Philly and uh, I'm planning to. Yeah, that was quick, nice and easy. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's huge, and uh, Blaze looks good. So can't wait to move in there. So I'm probably gonna fly to Buffalo end of August, and then you know pack everything, and then uh, drive down to Philly early early September. So be there early before the camp starts, and you know get settled in. Now, will you pack a U-Haul and drive the U-Haul from Buffalo down to Philadelphia? No, I just drive my my own car. I don't <laughs> I don't drive the U-Haul. Hopefully they. They take good good care of my uh, clothes. Yeah, get all your stuff here and everything yeah. you're going to be a part of. Yeah. Um, one of the things in your press conference, I, I tweeted out a picture of your introductory press conference um, from the Zoom call, and you had a Liverpool shirt on. And I'll tell you oh, that yeah. 70% of the people said, I like him more because he had a Liverpool shirt on. 30% said they, they like you less. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Liverpool, Liverpool fan. I watch all their games, and I follow them all the time and I'm uh, I just I love the team and the way they play and everything about Liverpool I'm uh, so I'm a, I'm a huge fan and overall I'm a big soccer fan I watch uh, a lot of soccer especially English English Premier League so big fan that's real cool um Erasmus uh, I know that uh, people when they get eyes on you and the physicality and what you're bringing to the table they're really going to fall in love with you because they appreciate that here in Philadelphia. I appreciate the time uh, from you for you checking in uh, all the way from Finland. I hope you enjoy the rest of your summer. Be well. I hope the move goes great from Buffalo here to Philadelphia. And best of luck, and thanks for doing this. Thank you. Not a problem. Thanks to Rasmus Ristolainen for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. And uh, coming up on Friday, like I said, we'll have Jody Shelley. Who knows? Maybe Keith Yandel will be on Friday's episode. Uh, so many moving parts right now. Maybe a new goalie will be on Friday's episode. Maybe... Uh, Jonathan Bernier or uh, uh, James Reimer or Antti Ranta or Darcy Kemper. Who knows who will join us in Friday's episode, but I hope you will. I appreciate everybody listening. Have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the free agent frenzy, and we'll talk to you on Friday's Flyers Day. Now more babies. The baby's got rabies.